Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Trendlebed Tales. Today we're going to be doing another story from Mother Westwind's children. Uh, but before we do that, let us do a little housekeeping. And with that, we always uh, remind you that you can be a part of the show. You can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free, 1-877-633-9389. Or you can chat while you stream live episodes. You can also find us all around the web, wherever you can, wherever you get your podcast episodes, and you can get me uh, on my blog on WordPress, uh, my Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place on social media. Uh, and to tell you what's going on uh, this weekend on Sunday. Uh, June 13th, I'm going to be part of a Prairie Authors event where I'm going to be representing Laura Ingalls Wilder. I'm going to be talking as Sarah, not as Laura, Um, but we're going to be talking about different uh, parts of Laura and uh, other Prairie Authors as a, um, well, as a program. Now, if you can't, this is going to be at Homestead National Monument, but if you can't get to Nebraska, uh, they also are going to be streaming it on their YouTube page and their Facebook page. Now, it is unclear at this point, or at least the last time they talked to me, whether it was going to be, um, whether it was going to be able to be live streamed or not, but if it isn't, it will be up shortly uh, in the next week. Uh, then I wanted to, but as I am taking a trip to Homestead National Monument, and I would like to thank our house sitter, Ellen, very much, uh, we're going to be taking a trip to Nebraska. We're going to get some travel videos for that, and we're going to be doing some travel reports. Uh, and so watch for those. I'm not sure how many we're going to get done, but watch for those this weekend. Uh, and we're going. And uh, I also want to kind of give you a quick explanation on why, at the end of the last episode, we have uh, telephone ringing. Because what happened is when I built my Laura building, I asked my brother to get internet out there. And instead of just running a wire, which would have been the easiest thing, uh, he tried to get it out there using things that are not designed to work that way. And so I have no internet out in my Laura building, which is nice and quiet. It's where I do my videos. 
And instead of coming to you from that, I'm in the house and I uh, have to answer the phone when it rings or let it ring. Uh, I've got our window, front of the window is open. So I'm sure you can hear the birds and you will also hear lots of cars and motorcycles going by because we are having more than those rule this spring. So if you, uh, just so you know, that is where the weird sounds come from. And also, uh, well, and that is part of the beginning of the episode. So I will, and that's it for our housekeeping. There are also clocks in the living room. I'm still working on a good place to, to call. But anyway, today's episode is World Read Aloud Day, Mother West Wind's Children, Part 7. Now, I have been reading some Thornton Burgess over the last few years, uh, mostly because I was having microphone issues for a while, and I was using doing little short snippets of Thornton Burgess as uh, examples uh, to test the different ways I had microphones. So if they sound different, that's why. Uh, this one was part of my uh, post in terms of World Read Aloud Day, but as you heard, I got cut off uh, at the end, and I did not get a chance to finish the story. So if you just heard me read the story, uh, the half of the story at the beginning, uh, you will hear... I'm going to go ahead and start back at the story at the beginning. Uh, so you, even if you're just starting with this one, you'll know what the story is. And I'm not sure if we're going to get to another story other than that one, but uh, if we do, hopefully, hopefully we can just keep going. Uh, and for those of you who are unaware of Thornton Burgess, Thornton Burgess was a great naturalist, and he wrote children's stories where uh, animals had personalities and wore clothes, but other than that, they related to each other um, a lot like the real animals would and really gave you a good feel of what it was, what it was like for the animals living in the woods. There's pretty much, there's like two people in it ever, and it's mostly the stories of animals, both domesticated and wild. And so, with that, we are going to start Reddy Fox the Boaster. Johnny Chuck waddled down the lone little path across the green meadows. Johnny Chuck was very fat and roly-poly. His yellow-brown coat fitted him so snugly, it seemed as if it must burst. Johnny Chuck was feeling very happy. Very happy indeed, for you see, Johnny Chuck long ago found the best thing in the world which is contentment. Jolly round, red Mr. Sun, looking down from the sky, smiled and smiled to see Johnny Chuck waddling down the lone little path, for he loved the merry-hearted little fellow, as do all the little meadow people, all but Reddy Fox. For Reddy Fox has not forgotten the surprise Johnny Chuck once gave him and how he called him a Brady cat. Once in a while, Johnny Chuck stopped to brush his coat carefully, for he is very particular about his appearance, says Johnny Chuck, and by and by he came to the old butternut tree down by the smiling pool. He could see it a long time before he reached it, 
And up in the top of it, he could see Blackie the crow flapping his wings and cawing at the top of his voice. There must be something going on, said Johnny Chuck to himself, and he began to waddle faster. He looked so queer when he tried to hurry that jolly round red Mr. Sun smiled more than ever. When he was almost to the old butternut tree, Johnny Chuck sat up very straight so that his head came uh, just above the tall meadow grasses beside the lone little path. He could see the merry little breezes dancing and racing under the old butternut tree and having such a good time. And he could see the long ears of Peter Rabbit standing up straight above the tall meadow grasses. One of the merry little breezes spied Johnny Chuck. Hurry up, Johnny Chuck, he shouted, and Johnny Chuck hurried. When he reached the old butternut tree, he was all out of breath. He was puffing and blowing, and he was so warm that he wished just for a minute, a single minute, that he could swim like Billy Mink and Jerry Muskrat and Little Joe Otter so he could jump into the smiling pool and cool off. Hello, Johnny Chuck, shouted Peter Rabbit. Hello yourself and see how you like it, replied Johnny Chuck. Hello myself, said Peter Rabbit. And then, because it was so very foolish, everybody laughed. It was a good thing to feel foolishly happy on a meadow sunny sight and a meadow, on a beautiful sunshiny day, especially down in the green meadows. Jimmy Chuck, Bim, Jimmy Skunk was there. He was feeling very, very good indeed, was Jimmy Skunk, for he had found some very fine beetles for his breakfast. Little Joe Otter was there, and Billy Mink, and Jerry Muskrat, and Happy Jack Squirrel, and of course, Reddy Fox was there. Reddy Fox never misses a chance to show off. He was wearing his very newest red coat and his whitest waistcoat. He had brushed his tail until it looked very handsome, and every few minutes he would turn and admire it. Reddy Fox thought himself a very fine gentleman. He admired himself, and he wanted everyone else to admire him. Let's do stunts, said Peter Rabbit. I can jump farther than anybody here. Then Peter Rabbit jumped a tremendously long jump. And then everybody jumped, everybody but Reddy Fox. Even Johnny Chuck jumped. And because he was so roly-poly, he tumbled over and over, and everybody laughed, and Johnny Chuck laughed loudest of them all. And because his hind legs are long and meant for jumping, Peter Rabbit had indeed jumped farther than anyone else. I can climb to the top of that old butternut tree quicker than anybody else, cried Happy Jack Squirrel. And away he started with Bobby Coon and Billy Mink after him. For though Billy Mink is a famous swimmer and can run swiftly, he can also climb when he has to. But Happy Jack Squirrel was at the top of the old butternut tree almost before the others had started. The merry little breezes clapped their hands and everybody shouted for Happy Jack Squirrel. Everybody but Reddy Fox. I can swim faster than anybody here, shouted Little Joe Otter. And in a flash, three little brown coats flashed into the smiling pool so suddenly that they almost upset Great Grandfather Frog watching from his big green lily pad. They belonged to Little Joe Otter, Billy Mink, and Jerry Muskrat. Across the smiling pool and back again they raced, and little Joe Otter was the first out on the bank. 
Hurrah for little Joe Otter, shouted Blackie the Crow. And everybody shouted, Hurrah! Everybody but Reddy Fox. What can you do, Jimmy Skunk? asked Peter Rabbit, dancing up and down. He was so excited. Jimmy Skunk yawned lazily. I can throw a wonderful perfume farther than anybody here, said Jimmy Skunk. We know it, we know it, shouted the Merry Little Breezes as everybody tumbled heels overhead away from Jimmy Skunk, even Reddy Fox. But please don't. And so Jimmy Skunk didn't. Then they all came back, Reddy Fox carefully brushing his handsome coat, which had become sadly must. He had fled in such a hurry. Now, for the first time in his life, Johnny Chuck began to feel just a wee, wee bit discontented. What was there that he could do better than anyone else? He couldn't jump, he couldn't climb, and he couldn't swim. He couldn't even run fast because he was so fat and round and roly-poly. Quite forgot that he was so sunny-hearted and good-natured that everybody loved him. Everybody but Reddy Fox. Just then, Reddy Fox began to boast, for Reddy Fox is a great boaster. Pooh, said Reddy Fox. Pooh! Anybody could jump if their legs were made for jumping, and what's the good of climbing trees anyway? Now, I can run faster than anybody here, faster than anybody in the whole world, said Reddy Fox, puffing himself out. Chugarum, said Grandfather Frog, you can't beat Spotty the Turtle. Then everybody shouted and rolled over and over in the grass. They were so tickled that the turtle had once run, won a race against Reddy Fox. For a minute, Reddy Fox looked very foolish. Then he lost his temper, which is a very unwise thing to do, for it is hard to find again. He swelled himself out until every hair stood on end, and he looked twice as big as he did before. He strutted up and down and glared at each in turn. And I'm not afraid of a living thing on the green meadows, boasted Red Fox, Reddy Fox. Chugarum, said Grandfather Frog. Do I see Bowser the Hound? Every hair on Reddy Fox suddenly fell back into place. He whirled about nervously and anxiously and looked over the green meadows. Then everybody shouted again and rolled over and over in the grass and held onto their sides for you see. Bowser the Hound wasn't there at all. But everybody took good care to keep away from Reddy Fox. Everybody but Johnny Chuck. He just sat still and chuckled and chuckled until his fat sides shook. What are you laughing at, demanded Reddy Fox. I was just thinking, said Johnny Chuck, that though you can run so you although you can run so fast, you can't even catch me. Reddy Fox just glared at him for a minute. He was so mad. And then he sprang straight at Johnny Chuck. I'll show you, he snarled. Now, Johnny Chuck had been sitting close beside a hole that Grandfather Chuck had dug a long time before, which was empty. In a flash, Johnny Chuck disappeared head first in the hole. Now, the hole was too small for Reddy Fox to enter, but he was so angry that he straight away began to dig it larger. My, how the sand did fly. It poured out behind Reddy Fox in a stream of shining yellow. Johnny Chuck ran down the long tunnel underground until he reached the end. Then, when he heard Reddy Fox digging and knew that he was really coming, Johnny Chuck began to dig, too. 
but instead of digging down, he dug up towards the sunshine and the blue sky. Oh, my, how his short legs did fly, and his stout little claws dug into the soft earth. His little forepaws flew so fast that had you been there, you could hardly have seen them at all. And with his strong hind legs, he kicked the sand right back into the face of Reddy Fox. All the little meadow people gathered around the hole where Johnny Chuck and Reddy Fox had disappeared. They were very anxious, very anxious indeed. Would Reddy Fox catch Johnny Chuck? And what would he do to him? Was all their fun to end in something terrible to the sunny-hearted, merry Johnny Chuck, whom everybody loved? All of a sudden, pop, right out of the solid earth among the daisies and buttercups, just like a jack-in-the-box, came Johnny Chuck. He looked very warm and a little tired, but he was still chuckling as he scampered across to another hole of Grandfather Chuck. By and by, something else crawled out of the hole Johnny Chuck had made. Could it be Reddy Fox? Where was his white waistcoat and his beautiful red coat? And was that thing dragging behind him his splendid tail? He crept out of the hole and then just lay down and panted for breath. He was almost too tired to move. Then he began to spit sand out of his mouth and blow it out of his nose and try to wipe it out of his eyes. The long hair of his fine coat was filled full of sand, and no one would ever have guessed that it was Reddy Fox. Ha, 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 shouted Blackie the crow. Then everybody shouted, ha, 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 and more to roll in the grass and hold onto their sides once more. Everybody but Reddy Fox. When he couldn't get his breath, he didn't look this way, or when he could get his breath, he didn't look this way or that way. He just snuck off to his home under the big hickory. And when old Mother West Wind came with her big bag to take the merry little breezes to their home behind the purple hill, Johnny Chuck waddled back up to the lone little path, chuckling to himself, for that little feeling of discontent was gone. He had found that after all, he could do something better than anyone else on the green meadows. For in his heart, he knew none could dig as fast as he could. The next chapter is Johnny Chuck's Secret. Johnny Chuck pushed up the last bit of gravel from the hole he had dug between the roots of an old apple tree in the corner of the green meadows. He smoothed it down on the big yellow mound he had made in the front of his door. Then he sat up very straight on the top of the mound, brushed his coat, shook off the sand from his trousers, and carefully cleaned his hands. After he had rested a bit, he turned around and looked at his new home, for that was what it was. Although he had not come to live there yet, and no one knew of it, no one but jolly round red Mr. Sun, who, peeping between the branches of the old apple tree, had caught Johnny Chuck at work. But he wouldn't tell, not jolly old Mr. Sun. Looking down from the blue sky every day, he sees all sorts of queer things, and he learns all kinds of secrets, says Mr. Sun. But he never, never tells. Mr. Sun never tells one of them, not even to old Mother West Wind, when at night they go down together behind the purple hills. So jolly round red Mr. Sun just smiled and smiled when he discovered Johnny Chuck's secret. 
For that is just what the new home under the apple tree was, a secret. Not even the merry little breezes who find out almost everything had discovered it yet. Johnny Chuck chuckled to himself as he planned a back door, a beautiful back door hidden behind a tall clump of meadow grass where no one would think to look for a door. When he had satisfied himself as to just where he would put it, he once more sat up straight on his nice new mound and looked this way and looked that way to make sure that no one was near. Then he started for his old home along a secret little path he had made for himself. Pretty soon he came to the lone little path that went past his old own home. He danced and he skipped along the lone little path and, because he was happy, he tried to turn a somersault. But Johnny Chuck was so round and fat and roly-poly that he just tumbled over into a heap. Well, 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 what's the matter with you, said a voice beside him before he could pick himself up. It was Jimmy Skunk who was out looking for some beetles for his dinner. Johnny Chuck scrambled to his feet and looked foolish and very foolish indeed. There's nothing the matter with me, Jimmy Skunk, he said. There's nothing the matter with me. It's just that I've got a secret. A secret, cried Jimmy Skunk. What is it? Yes, a secret, a really, truly secret, said Johnny Chuck, and looked very important. Tell me, Johnny Chuck, Come on, just tell me, and then we'll have a secret. Now, Johnny Chuck was so tickled with his secret that it seemed as if he must share it with someone. He just couldn't keep it to himself any longer. You won't tell anyone, said Johnny Chuck. Jimmy Skunk promised he would never tell a soul. Cross your heart, commanded Johnny Chuck, and Jimmy Skunk crossed his heart. Then Johnny Chuck looked this way and looked that way to be sure that no one was listening. Finally, he whispered in Jimmy Skunk's ear, I've got a new home under the old apple tree in the corner of the green meadows. Of course, Jimmy Skunk was very much surprised and very much interested, so Johnny Chuck told him all about it. Now remember, it's a secret, said Johnny Chuck, as Jimmy Skunk started off down the lone little path across the green meadows to look for some beetles. I'll remember, said Johnny Skunk, and don't tell, said Johnny Chuck. Jimmy Skunk promised he wouldn't tell. Then Johnny Chuck started off up the lone little path whistling. (laughs) And Jimmy Skunk trotted down the lone little path onto the green meadows. Jimmy Skunk was thinking so much about Johnny Chuck's new home that he quite forgot to look for beetles, and he almost ran into Peter Rabbit. Hello, Jimmy Skunk," said Peter Rabbit. "Can't you see where you're going? It must be you. It must be you have something on your mind. What is it?" "I was thinking of Jimmy Chuck, Johnny Chuck's new home," said Jimmy Skunk. "Johnny Chuck's new home!" exclaimed Peter Rabbit. "Has Johnny Chuck got a new home? Where is it?" Under the roots of the old apple tree in a corner of the green meadows, said Jimmy Skunk, and then he clapped both hands over his mouth. Oh, you see, he really hadn't meant to tell. It just slipped out. Oh, but it's a secret, cried Jimmy Skunk. It's a secret, and you mustn't tell. I guess Johnny Chuck wouldn't mind if you know Peter Rabbit, but you mustn't tell anybody else. Peter Rabbit promised he wouldn't. Now, Peter Rabbit is very inquisitive, 
very inquisitive indeed. So as soon as he had parted from Jimmy Skunk, he made up his mind he must go see the new home of Johnny Chuck. So he started as fast as he could to go towards the old apple tree in the corner of the green meadow. Halfway there, he met Reddy Fox. Hello, Peter Rabbit. Where are you going to in such a hurry? asked Reddy Fox. Over to the old apple tree to see Johnny Chuck's new home, replied Peter Rabbit as he tried to dodge past Reddy Fox. And then, of a sudden, he remembered and clapped both horns over his mouth. But it's a secret, Reddy Fox. It's a secret. You mustn't tell, cried Peter Rabbit. But Reddy Fox wouldn't promise that he wouldn't tell. For in spite of his handsome coat and fine manners, Reddy Fox is a scamp. And besides, he has no love for Johnny Chuck, for he has not forgotten how Johnny Chuck once made, and once made him run and called him a Brady Cat. So when Reddy Fox left Peter Rabbit, he grinned a wicked grin and hurried off to find Bobby Raccoon. He met him on his way to the Laughing Brook. Reddy Fox told Bobby Raccoon all about Johnny's secret, Johnny Chuck's secret, and then he hurried away after Peter Rabbit. Reddy Fox is also very inquisitive. Bobby Coon went down to the, the Laughing Brook. There he met Billy Mink and told him all about the new home Johnny Chuck had made in the old apple tree in the corner of the Green Meadows. Pretty soon, Billy Monk, Mink met Little Joe Otter and told him. Then Little Joe Otter met Jerry Muskrat and told him. And Jerry Muskrat saw Blackie the Crow and told him. And Great grandfather Toad, great grandfather Frog heard him. Blackie the Crow met his first cousin, Sammy Jay, and told him. Sammy Jay met Happy Jack Squirrel and told him. Happy Jack met his cousin, Striped Chipmunk, and told him. Striped Chipmunk passed the house of old Mr. Toad and told him. Morning. Very early before old Mother Westwind had come down from the Purple Hills, Johnny Chuck stole stole over to his new home to begin work on his new back door. He'd hardly begun to dig when he heard someone cough right behind him. He whirled around, and there sat Peter Rabbit, looking as innocent and as surprised as if he really had just discovered the new home for the first time. What a splendid new home you have, Johnny Chuck, said Peter Rabbit. Yes, said Johnny Chuck slowly. It's a secret, he added suddenly. You won't tell, will you, Peter Rabbit? Peter Rabbit promised he wouldn't tell, and then Johnny Chuck felt better and went about back to work as soon as Peter Rabbit left. It hardly began, though, when someone just above him said, Good morning, Johnny Chuck. Johnny Chuck looked up, and in the old apple tree, he saw Blackie the Crow and his cousin, Sammy Jay. Just then, there was a rustle in the grass, and out puffed Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter and Jerry Muskrat and Happy Squirrel and Striped Chipmunk and Bobby Raccoon. When Johnny Chuck had recovered from his surprise and looked over the doorway of his new home, there sat Reddy Fox on Johnny Chuck's previous new mound. It seemed as if all the little meadow people were there, all but Jimmy Skunk, who wisely stayed away. We've come to see your new home, said Striped Chipmunk, and we think it's the nicest home we've seen for a long time. It's so nicely hidden away. It's really quite a secret, said Reddy Fox, grinning wickedly. Just then, the Merry Little Breezes and one of them had a message for Johnny Chuck from Great Grandfather Frog. It was this. Whisper a secret to a friend 
and he shouted in the ear of the whole world. After everyone had admired the new home, they all said goodbye and scattered over the green meadows. Then Johnny Chuck began to dig again, but this time he wasn't making a new back door. No, indeed. Johnny Chuck was digging and digging at the new mound of yellow gravel which of which he had been so proud. Jolly Round, round Red, Mr. Mr. Sun blinked to make sure he saw it right. So Johnny Chuck was filling up his new home between the roots of the old apple tree. When he got through, there wasn't any new home. And Johnny Chuck brushed his coat carefully, shook the sand out of his trousers, wiped his hands, and started for his new home. And this time, he didn't take his special hidden little path, for Johnny Chuck didn't care who saw him go. Late that afternoon, Johnny Chuck sat on his old doorstep with his chin in his hands, watching old Mother Westwind gathering her merry little breezes into the big bag in which she carries them to the, their home behind the Purple Hills. Whisper a secret to a friend, and he shouted in the ear of the whole world. Now, what did Grandfather Frog mean by that, thought Johnny Chuck. Now, I didn't tell anyone but Jimmy Skunk, and Jimmy Skunk didn't tell anyone but Peter Rabbit, and and then Johnny Chuck began to chuckle, and finally to laugh, whisper a secret to a friend, and he shouted in the ear of a whole world. My gracious, what a loud voice I must have had and didn't know it said Johnny Chuck, wiping the tears of laughter from his eyes. And the next day, Johnny Chuck started to make a new, new home. Where? Oh, that's Johnny Chuck's. No one but Jolly Round Red Mr. Sun has found it out yet. That's the end of our second story for today. And uh, I think that we probably will go another year before we hear any more Thornton Burgess. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, we will have to see what happens in the next year to the people of the green meadows and the green forest and the smiling pool. And Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.